At the end of 2017, I was visiting Tab, a small town in the southeast coast of the Sinai Peninsula in Egypt. One day I was looking for a coffee and a neat restaurant caught my attention. It wasn't clear what they were serving, so I asked the guy who was standing in the entrance. His name is Karim, and he told me about his new restaurant that called Zenova, where they serve slow-cooked food. And he asked if I wanted to try it. I said, why not? Later in the evening, I stopped by the restaurant, and while I was waiting for the food, Karim and I started to talk, and he told me briefly how he quitted his job and moved to Dhab. That night, I ended up spending four hours in the restaurant. Today, I decided to call Karim and talk about uh, talk with him about Dhab, leaving the corporate job, slow cooking, and decision making in life. Enjoy the discussion. So maybe we start with the um, uh, with the place where I met you, uh, your restaurant, Zenova. So you can uh, tell the listeners, uh, tell the listeners, what is Zenoba? Uh, well, Abdurrahman, honestly, running away from the from the big city was for a lot of reasons. So one of these reasons uh, was basically how hectic the city is, the pollution, how everybody's not really taking care of their daily lifestyles, and they're getting dragged into this um, cycle of life. So when I came to Dahab, it was uh, it was not for it was not I was not planning on staying here for more than a month or two. Uh, I was uh, I had a very stressful job and I quit my job and I decided that I'm going to take a couple of months off to dive. And this is how I decided to this is why I decided to come to Dahab. Basically, it was for diving. And then after after the, the the end of the first month, by the beginning of the second month, I started realizing that it's becoming very hard to take the decision to go back to this mess that I just left. So I was lucky enough that I also uh, had some backup, financial backup that made me able to also, you know, take my time and do the diving that I wanted to do and think about a small business to start and all that. So I guess I was also lucky. But um, uh, Zanuba was trying to take the the concept of eating out from just having a quick meal that is cooked quickly and uh, it has to be served quickly and on time and you know how it goes into and i tried to take that concept back three four hundred years when people were actually spending time and effort in the things they do so your great 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 grandma never cooked on a stove or in a microwave, you know? So she spent all day trying to cook a decent meal for your great, great, great grandpa to come home and find something nice to eat, you know? So I was, I was trying to, to offer that to people who are coming to Dahab to breathe some clean air. So why not also eat some good food and go to some good places and see some good people and so on? So I I flipped the concept of quick food into slow food. And our food, as you know, we've been to our restaurants uh, probably a few days after we first opened and recently. So you've seen the transition. You've seen how things are now and how things were when we first opened. And uh, it's uh, we introduced cooking. Uh, uh, the old way in a brick oven and clay pots, uh, food that is especially cooked for the for the guests. So we don't have walk-ins, as you know. You have to place your reserve. You have to place your order or, or make a reservation, and uh, we tailor your order for you in case you have allergies or if there's something you don't like or something you really like or you know. And we we work our way around that. And uh, in the beginning, it was a challenge, to be honest. Uh, Zanuba was, uh, was being challenged by a lot of things. It was not easy to uh, maintain the first year. Uh, thank God, because we, me and my wife, we come from a, a, a corporate background. So we had not just a corporate background, but we had, we had a little bit of a foundation that not, not all business owners around us have. And it was the system. We had a system. 
And this was our secret that no one, basically it's the first time I say this, but our secret was that we had a system. Everybody else working, uh, owning businesses or running businesses and that, they have systems, but it's primitive systems, you know, like they don't, they don't know exactly what's going on. They sort of know what's going on, but they don't know exactly what's going on. So we tried to introduce the concept of making a reservation in DAB and, and it, uh, it's now becoming uh, known. Zanuba now is becoming a DAB experience. Some people think of Zanuba as, as, as something they have to do while they're in DAB. And that's exactly what we were trying yeah, to do. One of my questions I had in mind, like, how did you introduce the, the concept of you cannot just walk in and eat? You have to book and reserve. Using such a culture, it's really challenging. Okay, here, here's the secret. Here, here's, here's the secret, Abdurrahman. And let me, let, me, let me turn the table around and ask you a question, okay? What made you decide to come to Zanuba one more time a year after your first visit? To be honest? Of course, I want you to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's everything. It's the experience, uh, uh, the warmth that, that I felt like going in. It's, it wasn't something that just like I went in, ate the food and left. No, it was more than that. You explaining the food to me, what is like slow kicking. I think it's the first time I had it in my life. I felt that you're like, you're, you're preparing something important to me, right? And explaining everything, the whole experience by itself. This is what I bet my friends when I brought two weeks ago that you're going to love the place. Exactly. And that's exactly why we made it work. Because we made our, our, our salespeople, our salespeople were the people that came and ate at the restaurants. You know? So basically every person that came and ate at, at our restaurant either came back or sent friends or family or brought friends and came back. So I w we were depending on the food. The, 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 the reason why basically a lot of people come back to Zanuba or tell people about Zanuba is because of the, we exceed their expectations. We try always, we try always to exceed the person's expectations, especially if you were there before, because this is the real challenge here, because you've been here before, you know how good we are, you know how good the food is, and you come with expectations, and if you're hungry and you have expectations, you're hard to please, you know? So when people come and they leave and they write, uh, they give us a five-star review and they write a few words, or when we have people that book, let's say, four times in their one-week stay, yeah? They eat four times at our restaurant in a one-week stay. Some people eat the whole week. I don't want to generalize that but it, it happens a lot that you have people eat three or four times and they're staying for six nights so so yeah so this tells me that we're on the right track it's just i think people abdurrahman they need to take they need to take their time a little bit everything is happening so quick man that people don't even pay attention to what they put inside their own bodies you know and it's it's kind of sad and I'm trying to change that. I'm trying to explain to people why do I have to pay attention to your food for six hours in the oven? And you've seen our oven. You see, you've seen how you've seen how how hard it is and how hot it gets. And but it's it's important because if if I don't pay that attention to your food, it's not going to be the food that brought you back a year later with five of your friends. Remember, you came the first time. Yeah, you came alone. Indeed. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's exactly uh, uh, our idea behind having Zanuba is to to provide quality that we think that have visitors deserve. If we dig down and, and like trying to understand what the name means, because uh, uh, for example, like coming from Saudi, Zanuba for us means like uh, those uh, little flip flops. Exactly. You know. You know. This is it's a it's a very good question, and maybe I'll be able to explain something also about that. The reason why we call uh, the flip flops Zanuba it was because um, back in the days, some 
people wanted to degrade the name Zainab. And they, so they called the, the flip-flop Zanuba, the nickname for Zainab. And then it was, it, it kept moving on that we kept calling. We actually, actually stopped calling it Zanuba. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but Zanuba for me, the, the Zanuba that I called my restaurant after is the old Egyptian woman that spends time to cook f good food for her family and uh, doesn't really like, would never, would never hold anything from her family, basically. She gives, she's just a giver. She's the giver of the family. She's the one holding the family together, putting the good food on the table every day and making sure everybody's happy from the big dad who's like the, the boss of the family to the youngest child, sometimes to the grandchild. So it's, uh, this is the Zanuba that I called my restaurant after. Amazing. And how do you explain uh, the Shadda, the emphasis on the letters to the people who are not familiar with the art? <laughs> actually not a lot of people not a lot of people realize them the people don't really see them a few people that ask and i explained to them because it's um you know like i have to adapt a little bit i would have had the sign of the shop in arabic but if i do abdurrahman in a city like dahab then i'm restricting myself to mostly arabic readers which is like what 40% of the population in Dahab and maybe 20% of the tourism. So we had to, we had to write, we had to come up with an English logo, but I also had to put the Arabic influence there because there is the Shadda. It, it, you use it when you say the word and, uh, and the name, the name. And also it's, um, I thought it's, uh, it's kind of, you know, it's like they're, it's the root right there, you know, like you have to be Arabic to see the root. If you're not Arabic, you won't realize it. But if you know Arabic, you will see like, okay, this is, this is an Arabic person that made the sign. It's an English, but yeah. it's an Arabic person that made it. So if I put the sign anywhere in the world, an Arabic person is going to stop right there and say, hey, this is made by an Arab, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they love it. They love it. It's actually <laughs> Right, it represents you, like how you are trying to uh, mix couple of experiences together and uh, serve uh, a decent, decent like atmosphere. I, I really love it, and uh, I love your attention to details. So, moving on with the cooking, is it a hobby for you? Slow cooking is okay. It it became a hobby because I was. Um, I was uh, for for a while. I had a very busy job in the in the automotives industry, and it was uh, the easiest way for me to come home and find a decent meal to eat, you know, without having to eat at a restaurant or eat out or whatever. So before I go to work, I used to put whatever I want to slow cook in the slow cooker, put it on low, leave the house at eight in the morning, come back at seven, eight in the evening, and it's just perfect you know so and then before that uh when i was a teenager there was a there's a really beautiful protected area near where i live in uh, where i lived in cairo in, near Maadi called wadi degla and uh, we used to camp out there and uh, and a lot of times we used to i know you do this a lot in saudi arabia but uh, for us it was something bedouin more like egyptian bedouin which is the mardam where we where we bury the the, the meat yeah yeah we bury the meat uh, for about five hours and it's you know how it, how it comes out so, so so i was always wondering how can't i have this amazing amazing juicy melty meat in a restaurant it's just you can't it's almost Oh, not impossible because I had it in Dubai, but it's almost impossible to find. Almost, you know, in certain places like Egypt, for example. So this is where I thought, okay, this is had been a question mark. How can we make this happen? And then the slow cooker. And then in the beginning, Abdurrahman, I thought I'm going to open a slow cooking place and cook in slow cooker, electric powered slow cookers. And then 
you know, I thought, okay, then I'm trying to be as eco-friendly as possible, electricity, okay, but also, you know, like having a brick oven and using, you know, this whole overnight sometimes cooking, like when the last time you guys came or uh, the other recipes that we offer. And it's, uh, it's really, really interesting. The best part about it is my schedule. When I told you that I like slow cooking, it's because it gives me the luxury of having uh, time for myself because I go in the morning, like today's our day off. So this is why I'm still home by now. But generally, I would be buying my veggies in the morning, getting everything ready, putting the tagines, as because, as you know, we work with reservations. So we know what we're cooking today. So we go put our stuff in the oven turn the oven on, go to the beach for a couple of hours, have our coffees, and then come back and start working the oven maybe two or three hours later when it's hot and everything is cooking well enough. And then we start attending to it. So there's a three-hour gap where I have time for myself. Plus, because we work with reservations, so I can only make plans for the evening. So if we let's say sell out, as you know it happens a lot, we sell out maybe by eight or nine. So I have from nine to, you know, maybe midnight to do whatever I want as well. So it's not a stressful job. It's not a stressful business. The business model suits my needs. And uh, that's why uh, slow cooking works for me. I'm not, uh, I wouldn't want to be hectic in the kitchen and I have to get the order out in 20 minutes. You know, it's, uh, it's what I ran away from. I it's don't want to go back style. to that. It's more than just like a business. It's, it's more. Yes, exactly. It's exactly. Even though I'm not a slow lifestyle person as well. I like things done quickly. I'm on top of things and I'm not a slow paced person, but I would like to have a slow paced lifestyle. It's a, it's a, it's a different thing, you know? Interesting. Can you elaborate on that? Like, for example, I, I find it very hard or people find it hard to work with me in the kitchen, for example, because when I go in and I have 20 orders that I need to make, I want to get these 20 orders made in an hour and a half and I will be working like a robot. Like, I don't think I can, I can, I can run into someone, uh, one of my assistants or, or someone in the kitchen because I, you know, I move around like I'm alone, you know? So I, I, I'm completely, I'm not hectic, but I'm, you know, I'm moving around like uh, with my muscle memory. Plus like, it, it's really crazy. You got to come and be around. But at the same time, if I'm going to the beach and I'm having my coffee, I'd like to take my time and relax and enjoy myself. But I'm getting the job done. I got to get it done efficiently and, and, and as quickly as possible. So it's not like I'm taking the slow mood completely into my life because if i take that i will be like a lot of people that i see around dahab that are either working all the time or not doing not doing anything at all i see and i would not want to be either or you know yeah so you are transitioning back and forth between two modes where it give you a well-balanced life if i can say uh, yes, because it's a very short dosage, Abdurrahman. It's two, three hours a day. And then the evening, you know how it goes, you meet people and it's always nice people that come to our restaurant. Also because I cook for the person, so I always meet the people when they make the reservations. So it becomes a little personal between the owner, chef, slash host and the guest. So it's, uh, it's a very interesting uh, relationship that we have with our uh, guests as well. Uh, all, our, all our guests are, uh, I know, in person, and I've met in person, and uh, I've cooked for them in person. So there's a kind of a personal relationship there. Which matter, like, um, like, can you explain, like, why that matters to you? It matters to me because I think food is, a, is an intimate thing. It's, you shouldn't be eating everywhere and anywhere from anybody's, you know, like it's, um, I have to trust the person that puts, that, that is going to touch my food and, and handle my food and, uh, and handle my dishes and cutleries. And at the same time, uh, food is something that you put inside your body so that you, I have to have a personal relationship. Sometimes, sometimes I take, <clears throat> 
I take it like, I don't want to sound like silly, you know, but it's kind of an interview a little bit <laughs> where I kind of sense the person. Some people, I make the dish differently because I feel like they would like it that way, you know. I make it slightly different. I make slight changes according to the person. Yeah, even your dish last time we made, and I told you that we made slight changes because, you know, there's a personal relationship. You tried our food before, and this is what I meant by we have to always keep improving and impressing and exceeding the expectations by, oh, you come and you think you'll have the same thing that you had last time, but you have something that is slightly different but better. And, you know, you know what I mean? It's kind of challenging. And I, and I think food is chemistry. So if you know how to balance the, the equation, it's going to always be nice, you know? I see, I see. Um, uh, when you, when you... And I'll tell you a secret, Abdurrahman, sorry, just because it's, I think it's really funny. Some of the, some of the best-selling dishes man, that I, I made up in the restaurant uh, it was sold and rated five stars, and it became bestsellers before I even tried it. You, you didn't try them before? At all. Like, I smelled the dish, and I would say, okay, this is good. <laughs> and then, you know, like, I'm serious. Like, this happened with two or three dishes, two or three recipes that we have now. I tried maybe 10 days after it, they are become top on the orders list. Yes. Yeah, so it's I can smell it and tell. Well, okay, no, this is not right. You know, I need to fix something, or this can just go. You know, in the beginning, when you told me, uh, like last year, when you, you escaped, uh, like the corporate life, and um, I'm following your Facebook page, and you yes, know, um, you know, it's it's really hard to run a business. So, like, I was thinking about it, and like, uh, I was thinking that. Yes, you escaped a covert life, but you got stuck into running a business, which is really hard. So, but after you explain, explained to me that, like, because of the lifestyle of your business, like the slow cooking, it's not like madness in there, right? It's not like that you cannot do anything else. Is that true? Uh, it's true. I can't. Because I'll tell you what, Abdurrahman, I have a few other ideas that might be even more successful than, than Zanuba now that, I, now that I've been in the field and, and, and in the market for a while. Uh, but I don't think I, can, I have the capacity to run two businesses within the standards that you've experienced. I would love to restaurant. open a bigger place, somewhere nicer, maybe you know, like right on the beachfront or something. But it will be a move. It will not be another place. Um, what, what was also interesting for me when uh, I saw one of uh, the times that like you just closed and like put a sign on the restaurant that, that you went diving. Yes. We actually have, we actually have that today because we're supposed to be going diving at 3 p.m. <laughs> So tell me, like, how, uh, first of all, is it hard to do such a thing? Or, like, you know, you knew that you're going to do this from the day one? Uh, do as in do as the start the business, you mean? No, no. I mean, like, you, you knew that you will not be always on, always open. Uh, to be honest with you, Abdul Rahman, it depends. Like, uh, sometimes, sometimes Dab is too empty. So this is when we have time to go diving and go to Abu Galoon and Blue Laguna, do our whole, you know, vacation trips. And, uh, and while the town is busy, we practically don't take any time off. We work every day, seven days a week, uh, unless we have a day with no reservations. Today, I decided to take the day off so we can have this conversation and not have to worry about the restaurant in the back of my head. But um, generally, if there's a day when we don't get a reservation for the next day, we take the day off. And if we get calls or online reservations, we apologize and try to move them to the next day or the day after. Uh, so, uh, so do you schedule them? Like, do you know, okay, I know December will not be busy, so I'm going to like to take two weeks off or something like this. Uh, we, we usually do that in the summer when it's super hot 
it gets hot here so sometimes it's uh not super hot uh, like you can't bear it but it's hot so and we're working with the oven and this weather and stuff so we sometimes we take uh august uh and we spend august in uh, europe uh at my family's house in europe so if uh and then we come back when maybe mid september and start operating again but isn't it uh, august a season in dahab because like the diving is better uh, august is a season for locals for egyptians more than uh, anything else uh plus as you know our of our product is a quite a hot warming uh, uh uh dish you know or dishes all the dishes come out sizzling and you know how it is so it in in august in the heat it's not the best idea but sometimes it's really nice to have in our garden in the backyard to have a seating in the garden and enjoy but still you know we, we need time for ourselves as well and uh, to go and see the family and all that so for the people who are not familiar with Dahab okay uh, what is like how you ca- how can you describe Dahab uh, Dahab is right in the middle Abdul Rahman Dahab is is uh, is not uh, Sharm Sheikh or Cairo or a big city and it's also not Nueva it's not uh, a place where you stay in a hut and live on uh, candle lights and you have to charge your phone from four to six because they're gonna turn off the generator so it's uh, it's right there right in the middle uh, for me Dahab is um, is a nomad city kind of it's a place for people because it's it's also it's also not expensive and uh, you don't need to spend a lot of money to do nice things at the hub. And this is the thing I love about this place because, in, uh, you know, I, I was living in Dubai you know, and I lived in England and I lived in, uh, in Cairo and, and I know how much it would cost to take a friend like yourself and let's say, hey, Abdurrahman, let's go out and have a cup of coffee and discuss, let's say, this project. And this sentence will cost us a minimum of... 300 pounds, 200 pounds, okay? So, but if we have this conversation here in Dahab, this conversation is going to cost us about 50 pounds. So, so I don't need, and this is one other thing that I'm sure you're going to ask me about, so I'm not going to tackle that now, but uh, uh, Dahab is not, is not very expensive. So if you want to live a good lifestyle, but not a fancy lifestyle, you can, you can live it here. Amazing, amazing. Because like, it's it's. Um, I came to the hub because it's not a famous destination. Like, especially if, if you if you talk to the people who is like from Saudi, the hub is not. On which the is which, which is actually a shame, man. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that to anybody listening, but yeah, I'm just saying it's Saudis. Uh, uh, you guys, you especially the young people. You guys need to come to come visit this place. It's it's really fun. It's very close. Some of you can even drive it. You know, it's uh, it's a really really nice destination. It's a much more uh, a culture multicultural place uh, that a lot of Saudis would enjoy. But I, I discovered that one thing that like so I got to know Dahab from like I, I follow a girl and. In 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 Instagram, yeah. that I follow girls all the time. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. And she she mentioned she mentioned the hat, right? And when I uh, like, I have a lot of Egyptian friends. When I t- talk with them about the hub, not all of them know. Like just a few. Like one or two. Look, Dahab became popular recently. I was very lucky. My father was was one of the old Sinai lovers in the seventies and eighties. And uh, when we when we got Sinai back after the war, in the in the early and mid eighties, we were traveling all over this place. So I camped in Dahab when Dahab was just some palm trees and and empty beaches. 
we used to travel as a family, the whole the whole family. There was nothing. We used to travel with our own tents, and and uh, this is how I was. Uh, this is how I got to know Sinai. What I what I've discovered, and correct me if I'm wrong, not a lot of people from Egypt. Uh, not a lot of people, but that was due to a lot of reasons, Abdurrahman. First of all, back in the days, and I remember this as a child, the roads were very bad. Uh, there were no gas stations, like like really really bad, like really bad, like sixty and seventy and eighty years old roads that have been used by the military after the war and the war. It was really really bad. It was only a two lane road uh, with no separators, nothing. So it was it was bad. Plus, it was a very long journey, so it needed a good car. For, for for someone to take his family and get on this road. I see. And like you need a four by four? And, uh, and, and if you want to go to explore certain places, yes. But in general, you could, we had family friends that joined us without four by fours and they were fine. But uh, it had to be a good car. A good car in the 80s is, uh, was a Peugeot 504 or a... Or a a Honda or a Toyota or a, you know, or a Mercedes or a Volvo. At this time, these were the cars that uh, were able to come here. And most Egyptians at this time drove either a Fiat or a Lada. So, so only some, some families were able to explore this, these parts. And uh, I think I was very lucky as a child to see the Red Sea in the 80s. I was very lucky. And it's sad what I see now, of course. Mm-hmm. And why why you think it's like it, it became such a place where there is like a lot of international interest to this place? Because you see the vibe. Why? The- what do you mean by international interest? When you search about Dahab, you would find people from Europe, Russia, uh, talking about Dahab, right? But less and less interest, uh, let's say, in, from uh, the Arab region. So why people like this? Why the international people like the hub? Uh, because for them, first of all, you have to understand something, Abdurrahman. When we are here, I'm, I'm speaking to you now uh, while I'm in my T-shirts and shorts and my dogs are playing in the garden. If I was in, the, if I was in uh, Moscow or St. Petersburg or Berlin or anywhere in the world, it's going to be freezing outside, you know. So I here can go swimming every morning. And for them, this is something that some people can't understand. Even my wife sometimes wake up in the morning and be like, wow, I can't believe we're in December, you know, which, which is something I understand because I've been in Europe in December and I know how it is. It goes down to minus 20, my friend. And here we're 25 degrees uh, having a swim. So, uh, so that brings a lot of, uh, a lot of Europeans uh, to spend the winter here. The summer is nice over there, so they usually don't come during the summer. A few do, of course, but not ah, a lot. Okay, so because I didn't see that happen the summer. I only saw it in the winter, and I've noticed like it's filled with um, uh, the foreigners. In the winter, it's full of foreigners because, as I told you, it's very cold back home for them. So they like to spend the, the December or November and December and half of December because they usually go back home for Christmas as well. Yeah, and I heard some people settled down. Are they, are they too? Uh, is there too many people settled down? Yeah, of course. A lot of people move to that. You have to understand that Dab is a very multi- multicultural place. Plus, Dab is also a place where where it's it's a good place to raise kids. In my opinion, yeah, of course. Really? How so? Uh, okay, um, I I don't know if you've been to Cairo, for example, and and for me, and for me to com- I'll, I'll I'll talk about Dab as a, as an Egyptian city. So I'll compare it to Egypt. I won't even compare it to other countries so for a child in cairo for example to finish school what is he going to do it's either he's going to be a very lucky child and he will have a let's say a sports club membership or a social club membership where his parents are going to take him to do some sport or uh, spend some time with his friends or he's going to be living 
in an apartment building where the street is packed with cars and it's very dangerous for, for kids to play on the street. There's, there are no gardens, no playgrounds, nothing for them to do. But here, you can. the kids finish their school, they're on the beach, they're exploring, they're kite surfing, they're windsurfing, they're free diving, they're fishing, they're doing whatever the environment is, is, uh, is allowing them to do, you know. And I think this is amazing. And when I sit and talk to kids now that uh, have been raised in Dahab, they are different, man. They are different. They're not like Cairo kids. They're not, they're not loud. They're not stressed. They're not holding their phones all the time. You know, like little things that, that makes you wonder. Yeah. Yeah, I think like it, 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 it definitely it contributes to your uh, to your personality. Definitely, no, no wonder about that. Uh, there is a pros and cons to like living in a city versus living close to the nature and uh, really experience. It's a, it's a, it's a long debate. Um, so, do you see yourself going back to Cairo? I don't think so. I don't. It, it's been three years. I haven't been to Cairo for years. I don't think I even want to go visit. Wow. So, uh, like, do you go, like, how do you see, like, family and friends? Do they They come They come and visit me here. I have, uh, I have uh, enough space in my house for everybody. So uh, my family come and they spend uh, a month or two months. Last time they were here for a month. A month time before they were here for a month and a half. So and and as I said, my dad is a big Sinai lover, so he, he takes every chance to come and spend uh, a few weeks here. Like taking the courage and abandoning your life in Cairo, the Calvert, that takes a gut, right? How wh where do you contribute taking that decision? Uh, it was not my first time. Um, that made it a lot easier, of course. You know, I think it. Opening the slow cooking restaurant was a harder decision than deciding to come and live here. Or not to come and live here, but to stay here and live here, actually. Um, in 2006, I started a, a safari company in Marsalam. And I moved to Marsalam from 2006 to 2010. Uh, it was, uh, it, th this was, this was, uh, this was even not a, a hard, a very hard decision to make, to be honest with you, Abdurrahman. Then, uh, so when I, when I decided to stay here, it was, uh, it was, it was just a matter of, okay, um, I decided to stay. Now, whether do I, whether, since I'm going to stay, what am I going to do? Do I, do I open this project or that project or, or become partners with that person or this person, or so. As uh, as soon as I made up my mind, I uh, I, I opened the Muba. Going back to the decision making of like you, first of all, um, uh, uh, leaving Cairo and going to Marsalam for a couple of years, then coming to Dahab and staying for a couple of years, like the decision making for you. It's like it doesn't take a lot of, I would say, effort. And uh, I'll, uh, I'll tell you, no. Before it was a lot easier because I was single. Mm -hmm. uh, but now I won the lottery and I made the most amazing woman in this world. So now, thanks, thanks. So now the now the decision is not just mine. So if we decide to move somewhere, it's our decision to make. So uh, that includes her, I guess. I see. You know, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying to convince my wife to go next year on the road. And it's, it's been a year so, so far, try, like having, going back and forth and quitting my job and uh, traveling. So I'll let you know. <laughs> When we when you decide, yeah, yeah, and tell her if if you guys decide to come to that for a while, don't think of it as like leaving. Think of it as uh, you know, just uh, going on for on a long vacation. Yeah, I don't. You know, like there is some people I think, including me, they can like take a, a long vacation, like for six months, one year. Uh, they have a financial backup, yet they are scared to do. 
I don't know why. I don't know how. I'll, 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 I'll tell you my theory. I have a theory regarding that. It's, 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 I, okay, here's, uh, I, owning a restaurant in a place like Dahab, we meet, we meet visitors every day from all over the world. And I hear the scenario of, oh, I love it. I want to move here. I want to start the business here. How is it going? Blah, blah, blah. I hear this every day, man. This, this conversation goes on one table at least at the restaurant every day. So, 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 but, but how many people actually do it? So far, I haven't met that person. No one came and had this conversation with me in the restaurant in the past year and two months and actually did it. So I think it's the fear of change and it's the fear of being, ab I don't want to say abnormal, like you're nuts or crazy, but you're, you're I'm sorry about that because my dog just gave birth to seven puppies. So if you hear some squeaks, it's not me. Um, <laughs> so, so, uh, so what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that we are brought up to, to go to school, learn, graduate, have good grades, get a good job, get married, have kids. And you know, like there's this, there's this railway that you're already put on. And you're just afraid to get out of this railway because you don't know whether you're going to make it or not. And it's good to be careful, but not afraid. You don't, fear is fear of change and fear of being, getting outside the box or getting out of this railway that you're already put on. Is, uh, and you'll be surprised, man. You'll be surprised. When you see, I, I know here, I know people that moved here that are doctors, that are stock exchangers, that are, I know, I know people that were make, that had dream jobs for some other, I had a dream job with some other people. Some people called me crazy when I quit my job, you know? So, so it's, uh, you meet these people here. Some, some of them are the Robinson Crusoe with a laptop that we see on the beach every day. And some of them are just, you know, some of them just start a small business or uh, they have a couple of properties that they rent out short term and they're just diving and uh, they quit the hassle. Because uh, I, know, I know people, Abdurrahman, that got strokes, people in their 30s that got a brain stroke while being at the office from work stress. Mm. He's half paralyzed now, the poor guy, you know? Why would I do that to myself? Plus the pollution in the big city, plus the noise, plus, plus, plus. So would you say like, uh, like running a, um, a challenging business like Zenoba, that doesn't like include the stress? Uh, uh, you know, stress that you can deal with. It's not stress that you can't deal with. You know, like, I see. yeah, manage so like levels of stress, of course, you know, if, I, if we have big groups or if it's a hectic day or, or if, uh, if we have an issue, like we run out of gas or, or you know how it is in Dahab, we're, we're at the end of the day, we're a little bit far away from everything. And sometimes when uh, you run out of something, you are stuck, you know, and if so, things like that, that happen. Yes, we, it gets a little stressful, but it's only because we want to guarantee this, this level of service that you've always experienced in our restaurant. So, so it's within it's your control. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's under control. Uh, and we take our time off. Like, as I said, today we're taking the day off. I'm going to enjoy a good day on the beach. Uh, and tomorrow's another day, you know? So I think like it's also carry on with uh, um, again. I'm really impressed with your like uh, decision in life. So in 2018 June, uh, mashallah, you get uh, yes. married to uh, a girl from Bulgaria. Uh, congratulations, buddy! I won the lottery. I won the lottery. I didn't get married. <laughs> no, I was. I, I am really happy for you. Uh, so when I saw it, I, I was like, it was like one of the things that I wanted to ask you about. So. So tell me something, is it, um, uh, I don't know about like uh, um, in Egypt, is it common for, uh, to, to marry from 
non-Egyptian. Well, guy. define common, Abdurrahman. What's what's common these days? I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, yeah, of course, it's not. It's not like uh, every other guy is marrying a, a European girl. Uh, but um, but it's. I think. I think now it's happening a lot more than before. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. So it's it's not something like weird, right? No, it's not weird. Okay. It's not weird. No, I think weird. It's not the right word. I would say strange. Or, or I mean, it's not uncommon. You want to say it's 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 not uh, like a, a lot of people would not be surprised. Uh, I don't know how to explain it, Abdurrahman. I think it's uh, it's not that weird. No one has asked me that uh, question, like uh, why or. Usually people ask me, does she have a sister or a friend that wants to get married? <laughs> <laughs> That's the question to ask. That, I'm coming up with my list. My wife shouldn't hear this. What I'm saying is like, you didn't get like any resistance from the family or friends? Or... Absolutely not, actually. That's amazing. Uh, my mom is in love with her. She's in love with my mom. Uh... They are very good friends. Uh, I, I told you, I just wonder how who would hate for her son to win the lottery? Man? Indeed, indeed. So, like, even on her side, like it was like something common, like they, they were like uh, they, there weren't any challenges. The, the challenge was to because uh, Kali, when when she when we got married, and uh, we decided to. We decided, of course, before we're getting married, that we we're going to be here in Dahab. But it was she'd never visited Dahab before. She's never been to Egypt before, and it was uh, it was worrying me whether she's going to like it or not. This is this is was the, this was the challenge in the beginning to show her, you know, around and make sure she's uh, she's she finds the things she needs at least not 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 uh, materialistic things, but uh, you know, things to do or places to go to or uh, uh, have fun. How to have fun in that? And I think I think she's uh, she's having a good time in that now. Especially that we started running the restaurant together uh, full time with no help. So uh, yeah, I saw it last time and I, I absolutely loved it. Uh, looking forward uh, like to visit you again. In I really show. hope so. Uh, um, I also uh, think next time when you come, you're going to find improvements because uh, she's also adding a lot of improvements. You know, the girl's touch in the place makes a hell of a difference. <laughs> Looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in terms of culture, do you, where, where, where do you find the similarities and the, the differences? Wow. Can I tell you, Abdurrahman, I'm, I'm surprised from the amount of similarities, the number of similarities, uh, more than the differences. It's strange, man. It's strange. It's really, really strange. It makes me wonder sometimes, like, wow. Yeah, looking to it from outside, like as an outsider, I would say, oh, there is a lot of, of, of differences. But now you are telling me, that's make me wonder as well. No, it's uh, it's very strange. I was finding it very strange, and uh, now I'm getting used to it. When I see similar things, I'm a bit uh, I'm not in shock anymore. But for the first uh, month or two, I was uh, of being married, like um, n n knowing the responsibilities of of being a wife or of being the woman of the house. Uh, also, you know, like uh, uh, the way she treats my parents with so much respect and love, things that you don't really see much, you know, even from Egyptian girls these days. Uh, it's a bit strange. Interesting. I know, uh, like some, one of my Egyptian friends would love, would love hearing about this. <laughs> it's uh i'm telling you i'm I, I again i won the lottery i don't know about other people i don't know about uh other marriages i know that there are around me here in dahab at least there are a lot of successful very successful marriages 
between uh, Egyptians and foreigners. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I, I, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think it's actually a culture. There's no culture, culture clash between between us at all. We are actually trying, and I think also we we try to work on the similarities more than mm -hmm. to try to find the differences, like enhance the similarities more than we try to find the differences. And the differences are, you can't find, I mean, come on, even if, you know, if she was Egyptian, I'm sure there will be differences, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is what, how it goes. But in the core, region. the core is, is, is so much better, Abdurrahman, in my opinion. Amazing, amazing. I'm, I'm really happy for you, my friend. Thank um, you, man. And uh, hopefully uh, me and my family come uh, again and visit you in the restaurant. I hope, and I hope next time you bring your family with you. I'm sure your wife is going to enjoy the app so much. She just doesn't know it yet. Uh, and uh, Nueva as well. So you, you now know, I was just going to say, you now know your way around here, so... I expect you next time to be driving. <laughs>